You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. Uh, that was Le Freak Sashik that you just heard there. You are now listening to Very Loose Women. We're going to be talking about fast fashion with campaigner joe who's in the studio with us now hi joe hey um but first emma who's also here with me has a fun fact about the freaks of chic i do have a fun (laughs) fact about that song um although no one believed me when i first said it the original lyrics were not freak out but in fact bleep off um and it was about friends of grace jones i think but members of this band actually trying to get into studio 54 on new year's eve and they were denied entry so that was their response song was bleep off but the more radio-friendly version is Freak Out. Out. Hmm. So there you go. That's an actual fact. <laughs> so do, do either of you have a gripe or a mini celebration for today? Or both, Joe. Both. Well, both are allowed. Maybe I'll start with the gripe because yeah, I'm holding ahead. it in my hands because it's so ridiculously tiny it can fit in my hands. And it is the world's smallest and most pointless plastic bottle ever that contains like an ostensibly healthy ginger shot according to the label but is like incredibly wasteful so you know good for your you know sinuses or whatever but bad for the planet Mm. gripe my gripe is slightly less um perturbing maybe but tomorrow (laughs) is world book day at school and i've just found out my school take it very seriously so all the staff have to dress up as book characters um and i have like just by chance a really great ensemble to be um velma from scooby-doo but apparently scooby-doo is not a book and never was so i'm not sure what I'm oh i know what are you, what are you gonna, gonna do? do yeah good question i'm thinking maybe pippy Longstocking. if i can get some wire in the hair did you you had a celebration as well just before I move on, Joe? Didn't you have a celebration? I think we just ate some of my celebration. I did. I just had some of your celebration banana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of many celebrated bananas that yeah. I found on Peckham High Street that had been thrown out from the markets. And sometimes they just throw away perfectly good fruits. And sometimes I come along with my whole backpack full of like you know grapes and mangoes, and then everything's great for like the week that follows. So, yeah, full and happy. I've got a mini celebration. Oh, um, this weekend, I was up at a Hindu, which can sometimes be quite stressful occasions, but mm. it's actually very nice. A Hindu up in Glasgow is really lovely. And just because you reminded me about your, you know, you found something, and that's very exciting. I found something as well. When we were in a club, we were trying to buy some Jaeger bombs, obviously, because that's what you do at a Hindu. And um, the price of them was like nine pounds each, and we no total for three, right. which is fine, I think. But basically, like we thought we could pay on a card, we couldn't. But I just found a wet ten pound note on the floor, <laughs> so I was wow. like, that was fate. That oh was really fate. God, looking at exactly. That's mm. the, the universe. Yeah, good yeah. God, it gives. <laughs> so we're doing tonight's show um, on fast fashion. So I thought I'd ask a few questions about our fashion habits. Obviously, we've done a whole show on our own personal styles, which. You must have already heard. So we're not going to go into that tonight. <laughs> but the podcast is available on Acast and iTunes and other places. I want to ask both of you, where do you acquire your clothes? The vast majority of my clothes, in fact, everything I'm wearing right now is from charity shops, all within the vicinity of between two to four pounds. Goodish. That is very impressive. Um, I think I get a lot of clothes from my friends. I think actually my main source of clothing is mm. like people are like, I'm throwing out all the stuff. Mm. It's kind of wacky and looks awful on me. And that's the kind of stuff <laughs> that I love. I kind of live <laughs> off that stuff. So a lot of it. And actually this great. top today, this top is a 
yeah, it's a nice one, but it's it's also like a hand-me-down. And then also vintage shopping, I sometimes mm. do. So actually this cardigan that I'm wearing, which is I think also a nice cardigan, it's got little Scotty dogs, um, that is a vintage from Glasgow. So it's I'm, got watering cans on. Yeah, it's I think it's agri- agricultural related is how What's I would describe this. Oh, it's I'm not sure. It's a wheelbarrow. The yeah, wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. And it's got some strawberries as well. Yeah. So it's got it all going on. Mm. I'm also very much a charity shopper and I'm actually wearing right now these maternity trousers. <laughs> you love maternity trousers. <laughs> because, well, maternity trousers, because I shop in charity shops, it's very hard, you know, to have your own size. But with maternity trousers, you don't need your own size. You just take any size and they're stretchy. And this has the added plus of when you eat a lot of food... Instead of like having to undo your top button, which is what I usually have to do with jeans, maternity trousers, you don't need to do that. And if you ever get pregnant, you've already got the trousers for it. <laughs> yeah. When I was teaching, though, I'd always get, Miss, Miss, are you pregnant? Because they'd see my trousers and they'd be like, oh. And I'd be like, I get that's. Are you sure that's, I mean, like, no offense, but are you sure that's what they're asking? It's a really weird, like, thing for a child to notice. Yeah. <laughs> Children are very perceptive. Anyway, let's move on yeah, from that. Um, so we talked about where we go. How often do we do these shopping trips? <clears throat> not very often because I'm quite skint most of the time yeah, that's a good thing about charity shops is you can be skint and go there quite repeatedly so whilst I like to think I've kind of like honed out of a consumer sort of sphere mm. I can't help but voraciously consume in charity shops almost on like a weekly basis oh weekly well sometimes mm. yeah at least once a month I'd say I think I go about once every three months. Mm. But do you enjoy the sifting like for a bargain do you enjoy the sifting or do you yeah, yeah it's like okay. it's like an ethical TK Maxx in terms of items, what was the last thing we bought and how much did we spend? Emma? Um, I bought this cardigan, actually, but to be honest, my dad bought it, so I don't know how much it cost. Um, I went shopping with my dad. This is a mini anecdote about this. I went shopping with my dad, um, and I love shopping with him. Like, I don't get to do it very much, but he's just like a very enthusiastic shopper for me. He wears a lot of very drab clothing, like mm. very, very boring, like probably own, only owns like maybes. one shirt or something, yeah. And... Um, but like for some reason he turns into like Gokwan when he takes when he goes shopping with me. Like he'll just be like, "This is the item for you. Red's really your color." Like bringing all the stuff for me, which is just so funny if you ever met him. Like he's like a little like Russian intellectual. Anyway, it's just really really cute. And then um, we went to a vintage shop, and I was kind of excited because I also my mom hates shopping, and I don't know. I was excited to be in a shop with my dad, and it was a really nice shop in Glasgow. And um, I like found like I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna try on everything because it's fun with him because he'll you know make all the comments and like whatever. So I like had like ten items in my hand, and I went to like put try all, all these like fun items on. And like as I was in the changing room I heard like the, the man working in the shop say to my dad oh so is she just is that your daughter and he said yes he said, oh, he said oh is she just getting into shopping is she just discovering the world of shopping and my dad said excuse me she is 29 years old and the guy was so embarrassed I just heard him like spluttering sorry for the next like 20 minutes I thought it was really funny I loved it <laughs> Joe, have you got any stories of the last thing that you bought or no non-stories well, it's a good story the last well it's not the last thing I bought was definitely the last best thing I bought was this jacket mm. and um, you can't see but I'll like explain to you guys that it's lined all the way to the sleeves and I was looking at it and I was thinking hey this is a super badass jacket I was actually going to buy it for my friend Will for Christmas and I put it on and I was like it's slightly too small for him really and then I started to notice how many pockets it had which was obviously initially really exciting including these four pen holders on the left bicep on the arm yeah that's exactly where you keep a pen essential so the more I looked at it the more I thought wow this just this gets better and better this jacket and I noticed there's this bit of embroidery on the inside and these like wonderfully tailored inside pockets which is when I realised that for the steel of £2 this was not just one jacket that was waterproof on the outside. 
It is 100% reversible. No way. Yeah, I always wear a reversible jacket. Yeah. I'm like, wow. literally the most jealous I've ever been of anyone ever. It's that's currently cool. being put it reversed. Out like that. like yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So then you've got the pockets on the inside, pen pockets on the inside, which isn't helpful, but, you know. Well, keeps the pens, pens dry. Yeah. Dry mm. and warm. But, I mean, for two pounds, I'll take that. Wow. I'll get it dry cleaned. Two pounds, that's cheap for a charity mm. shop even. Mm. We'll have to take some photos of it mid-reversing at some point <laughs> yeah. and everyone can like see all this mask Exactly. <laughs> when you're buying pants or socks, I find I resort to regular shopping places. Um, what are the kind of ethical concerns that you have when you when you go shopping for those sorts of items? Pants and socks is hard. Pants and socks specifically or any shop? Any, any, any any, so anything, um, that you, anything that you buy, but I so, was thinking of pants and socks. Okay, I'm not thinking about pants and socks particularly, um, but generally, I guess there's, a, for me, a big issue, although I know there's lots of issues and we're going to talk about a lot of them today, animal cruelty is something that I do, I am concerned about. <clears throat> so though I'm wearing a woolen, I assume it's a woolen cardigan, I would never buy like a new wool item. I would never buy like new animal items. Mm. So mm. that is something that I am concerned about when I'm buying clothes. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I'd say probably the same on leather. I, I just w- I would never buy leather anymore the more I've learned about the leather industry. But I guess for me also perhaps it's um, the fibres as well. So looking at like organic cotton, preferably because of just the sort of the just magnitude of ills that come with like the global cotton industry. I think mm, pesticide, insecticides, so on and so forth. I'm not sure what I would look for. I, I know th- what your concern is when you're buying clothes. Price. Price. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should say I, that. I'm, like... I'm a cheapskate. No, that's true. I am. Um, yes. But you know what? That is catching up with me because I'm currently wearing pants that have holes in them. Like, all of because because I buy cheap underwear, they just have loads of holes. They get holes. I think something we might come yeah, to later is like kind of about buying kind of more ethical clothing but I think underwear is something that often gets forgotten about so maybe we can address that a little bit Mm. later. I wanted to focus in on your campaigning Joe. Can you give me an idea of of what you're doing and how you got involved in the idea that maybe campaigning around fast fashion is something that you wanted to to get into? Mm. So I think perhaps really coming at fast fashion came from sort of a climate change sort of environmental perspective and the more you learn about all the sort of different conjoining elements of just the ills of globalisation, the more you kind of hone in on the industries which head up the main problems. Um, And, you know, I think that the spectrum goes from sort of fossil fuels and working on sort of um, carbon emissions, which is where I began working really with environmental charities, and then sort of all the way down to like food and agriculture, which kind of inevitably tips into the clothing industry. Um, but I think the thing that really opened my eyes, kind of like, it's like the cowspiracy of the clothing world, is uh, True Cost. Um, I can't remember who the director is, but it's this super shocking, like, ultra badass documentary that kind of gives you the lowdown within an hour and a half and, you know, you've cried three times and, like, decided that you're never going to set foot on Oxford Street again. And, um, and yeah, you've got kind of all the facts you need from that. So I think that's probably where it all kicked off, to be honest. So I have um, the trailer of True Cost here, and I'm just going to play it out. Uh, the director is Andrew Morgan, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so here, here is um, some sounds from True Cost. absolutely nothing to do with the fashion industry today. It has been reinvented. It's based on materialism. The problem is that comes at a really high price. Garment factory collapsed, killing more than 1,000. Clashes between clothes factory workers and riot police in Cambodia. 
Last November, 112 people were killed in another major factory fire. 30,000 Chinese workers are literally Garment workers in Bangladesh are paying the price for cheap clothing. Well, the promise of globalization was that it was going to be a win-win, that consumers in the rich world would get cheaper goods and people in the poorer parts of the world would get jobs and that those jobs would give them an opportunity to work their way out of poverty. This enormous, rapacious industry that is generating so much profit, why is it that it is unable to support millions of its workers properly? The actual business model is completely unsustainable. Unless you change that model, you can't change anything. When everything is concentrated on making profits, what you see is that human rights, the environment, workers' rights get lost. The kind of result of this seems to be that you got involved, Joe, in Fashion Revolution Week and Ethical Apparel April. What are these events and what do they entail? Um, so I learned after watching the documentary that there's the fashion revolution uh, not-for-profit, which um, I was going to say celebrates the anniversary of the Rana Plaza collapse, but that's obviously not the right word. It's it's a full-blown gripe, um, and it marks every year since the 2013 collapse, which is just the worst um, loss of life um, based on, uh, you know, uh, manufacturing industry since, I think, probably the turn of the 20th century. Um, so there were over 1,100 deaths and 2,500 people injured for those who were unaware, unaware of the kind of ramifications of this of our building collapse. Um, and that was, do you know who they who they were working for, which retailers? And was that ever disclosed, actually? It was, yeah. There was about 13 of them. So it's in 2013 and it was Benetton, Primark, Walmart and um, a couple of other sort of like high street names, lesser well-known ones. But kind of mm. the main culprits who fell under the microscope were Primark, mm. who paid out like... Two million, I think, two million dollars for the whole incident, which unfairly divided between deaths and injuries was five hundred dollars per family for this, you know, completely wasteful loss of life. Um, so the Fashion Revolution Group run every year around that time. Um, so I think it's the twenty fourth to thirtieth of April. Their um, hashtag "Who Made My Clothes" campaign, which I think is what they call in the industry a thunderclap of sort of social media action where you kind of go into shops and you're encouraged to, you know, you're not discouraged from buying things from these shops completely because um, I think like a lot of these industries, if 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 the world completely withdrew from these sorts of, like, you know, sort of um, partnerships with, um, with countries like that, then, you know, entire economies would collapse there as well. So it's more about putting pressure on the companies that use people in developing countries to um, run their heinous profit-driven... Um, companies and getting people to go into the shops and photograph themselves with the labels and say who made my clothes, who made my clothes, Primark, blah blah blah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's Fashion Revolution Week at the end of April. And I thought using my networks from uh, my work at Friends of the Earth and just like being an irritating person who never shuts up about ethical stuff on Facebook, I would try and attract people in my networks to join me on one of my monthly challenges, which in April is going to be, um, oh my God, I've forgotten his name. What did I say it was called? Ethical Apparel April. Ethical Apparel April. It's a name. <laughs> it has to be alliterative. So it's sometimes really difficult to think of them. Mm. Like, yeah, Plastic Free is a tricky one because there's no months with P. Mm. September. That's not one, but thanks. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't begin with P because of the alliterative um, qualities, but it's a good idea. Thank you.
The Passover's <laughs> nice. Freddie just suggested plastic Passover. Oh my gosh. When, when, when does, when's Passover? April normally. How long does it last? Eight days. Eight days. That's a good commitment actually because people really struggle to commit to the month. Mm. Plastic free passing coming 2018. Well done, Freddie. <laughs> but no, um, Ethical Power April will be just a way of um, getting as many people as possible to begin thinking about this issue uh, throughout April so that they can join the uh, Fashion Revolution Week at the end of April. Um, and I'm hoping um, just to kind of keep messaging people on a daily basis and sharing sort of top tips for shopping ethically, avoiding unethical practices, um, and just sort of raising awareness really on the, the sort of broad range of environmental and social issues that come with the fast fashion industry. And Emma, you were looking at the six items challenge as well. Yeah, um, there's a kind of similarly anti-fast fashion campaign group called Labour Behind the Label. Um, and they've also got a campaign starting today, actually, which is a yeah, six items challenge where I think it's kind of, well, I think you're supposed to get sponsors, but, sponsored, but I think it's kind of to challenge this perception of like, you know, changing trends every like four to six weeks or whatever it is, you know, like new clothes coming out all the time and having to buy loads of new clothes. You're supposed to wear six items um, for six weeks so like you're only allowed to wear those items so like you know a jumper a t-shirt whatever but you're allowed like unlimited underwear and bras and stuff so don't worry too much about hygiene mm. um, but yeah that's the idea so why do you think these um, events are needed what what are the aims well I guess probably um, and, and if if people aren't aware of what fast fashion is because it's kind of one of those things mm. it's just like I've kind of just started using it as a term now but I guess it's um, it's good to clarify that fast fashion is just the perception that fashion is you know on the high street rolling with the same trends as it does on the catwalks which um you know in both senses is pretty wasteful rolling over trends every three to four months but on the high street incorporates making you know like 80 billion garments a year as opposed to maybe like eight thousand in the world's hotspot catwalk areas but it's like people being encouraged to go into Primark and just like snap up things for their fancy dress evenings, you know, which is fine, we've all been there, but it's it's not a way to live because it's not sustainable on a finite planet. So um, I've forgotten your question. In Why that is this ramble. needed? So it's to raise awareness around the, the fact that there's a disposable fashion industry. Yeah, exactly. So on that topic, um, I so I'm doing masters at the moment, someone on my course... Um, I used to work in fashion um, and she has something to say on the topic so here's a little extract from working in the industry in the role that I was in which is production people don't really see or think about the human cost to it I don't think because it's not about it's never about where something has come from necessarily or the people who made the things it's about the product the finished product and the art and how how clothes look on a model and the, the finished um, a show or a campaign or yeah it does it's never about the people apart from maybe the artist the stylist but it's not about the production of it per se and were you in the kind of like 50 pounds a t-shirt 5 pounds a t-shirt or 500 pounds a t-shirt kind of end of the industry um, the 500 pounds a t-shirt end of the industry very high end very wasteful in terms of Money is wasted in terms of producing a show or a shoot or a film. Like just so much time is wasted, people's time, um, and also like lots of food waste, lots of waste of resources, waste of brain power, just sort of a whole general awful splurge waste. Do you have any recommendations of where people can get clothes um, and 
not compromise yeah, the I th- planet or people. Yeah, I think um, obviously a good old Google never goes amiss, but um, a really great organisation that I've run into is um, Project Just, and they're really awesome at reviewing all of the brands across various different criteria from environmental to social sort of issues. And um, you can like look at Ralph Lauren there if you think you're going to escape the sort of ethical scourge by spending a little bit more. And actually, they help you find out that that's not the case across the board. And they kind of give you a bit of an insight into each different brand. But they also have a section that they're kind of compiling live right now through nominations from um, all of their different networks and you can kind of go in and you can decide whether you want to look at jeans or shoes or underwear and then they give you all of the best ethical options on Project Just so um, yeah I'd recommend uh, checking out Project Just. That's a, that's good advice what do you um, hope that the outcome of, of this campaigning will be in the, in the kind of short term? In the short term, with regards to the sort of like hashtag thunderclap thing, fashion yeah. revolution. Yeah. I mean, I also have this aspiration that my buddies and I are going to form like a little rogue activist band and we're going to like sticker ourselves up to the eyeballs. And, you know, I think whilst obviously pressure on big corporations is imperative so that, you know, regulations in factories and contracts are fairer for the inevitably developing world sort of um, manufacturers. Um, I think that what preludes that is um, pressure from the consumer and, um, you know, fear in the company's hearts that the consumer's going to turn their back on them. So um, I think that that's what's really important about them is just getting more people abhorred. So if you type in Fashion Revolution Week on Google, you can find out more about that campaign. Find out more about Joe's um, work. You can look at lowcarbonlove.com um, or follow her on the Twitter handle, lowcarbonlove, at lowcarbonlove. Um, just to round off the show, Emma is part of a choir, I would like you to introduce this song. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, it was just a song that we learned um, a few weeks ago and I thought it was quite relevant and quite pertinent and depressingly so. Um, so it's about, it's written by a poet called Morris Rosenfeld um, who was born in 1862 and he lived in the 20th century, lived in New York as a kind of sweatshop poet. Um, and there was a huge fire in 1911 uh, in the Triangle Waste Company or Triangle Shirt Waste Company warehouse and it killed 146 workers and mainly the people who were affected by it were young immigrant women so it was young Jewish women and young Italian women uh, it was a deadly industrial disaster in the history of New York and one of the deadliest in, in history of America um, and a lot of it basically the reason it happened is because the bosses were tra- were locked kept all the doors locked and kept all the fire escapes locked because they didn't want people to go out and smoke or they didn't want people to steal things um, and so when a fire did break out people were unable to escape and you know either jump to their deaths if they could get out at all or just yeah burn to death um, so yeah mainly young women that are affected anyway he wrote a really important poem um, that became a song that we sang and that kind of spurred the uh, forming of a kind of in- international ladies garment workers union and a lot of unions which fought for kind of better working conditions for people in sweatshops so it's quite politically very important um the lyrics are really sad i might just give a brief overview of what they are just so we know um but basically it's kind of saying like it's called my rear platz which means my resting place and it's kind of the the words are like saying don't look for me where myrtles are green you will not find me there my love where lives wither at the machines, that's where I, that's my resting place. So it's kind of saying like, you know, when you're looking at all these like natural beauty and all these things, um, that's not where I am. I'm a slave where chains ring or where teeth where teeth flow where tears flow, sorry, and teeth and mechanical teeth gnash, that's my resting place. So it's just yeah, very kind of poignant. And you're about to hear my choir singing it quite 
poorly and out of tune but um, it's like a really important song I think so just before we play I just want to say to Joe thanks so much for coming on the show that was really great if there's any other website that you want to direct our listeners towards other um, than lowcarbonlove.com yeah lowcarbonlove.com yeah. which is coming to mobile phones soon which is why right. it looks back crazy right now <laughs> disclaimer um, okay so this is Emma's song to play us out Good night.